I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 42 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Todd Liebenau of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Hello, great to be back. Always fun, always fun. Uh, I'll just have to say, uh, stick around just in case. <laughs> <laughs> So minute 42 begins with George pushing off and ends with George making a proposition. So, you know, we teased something at the end of yesterday's episode where we were talking about that, you know, if you're looking at this movie just minute by minute, so certain things are uh, somewhat uh, uh, mis there's a misconception. Or misleading. It's misleading. Right. You know, we we saw George go off to the right. So we assume that, you know, Mary is living, uh, you know, Mary's house is somewhere off on the stage. What's it called? Stage right? Something like that? Uh, I always get it mixed up. And th- I'm ashamed to say this because I've been involved in performance for so long and, you know, with puppetry and things like that. I always get stage directions mixed up. But I think. I know there is stage right. I think. I think stage right would be the audience's point of view, right? If I'm correct, um, probably Don't someone know. will. Doesn't make a difference. Someone but, uh, will flood the comments and tell us <laughs> that we're wrong. Yes. Okay. Flood the comments. Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so basically, she she uh, you know Ma Bailey pushes him off to the right. He's got his hat on very strangely. He's pointing in that direction. Um, you know, he starts leaving to that direction and then after a few seconds he just comes right back and and briskly walks by his mother and goes good night mrs bailey <laughs> which is so, i mean it's a little surprising that she doesn't like stop him and turn him back considering how aggressive she's been leading up to this <laughs> right i mean because then then the question remains you know was she pointing him in the wrong ger- direction to the hatches house or is it because he just said he's not going to the hatches you know, right. Yeah. It could be either way. What would be really funny is, you know, um, have you ever seen the movie LA Story with uh Oh yeah, Steve Martin? I love LA Story. Yeah. Okay. So I love the fact that he runs out of the house and gets in the car to go drive over to his friend's house. And then he drives <laughs> and she's living next door. Gags of the yes. whole movie. <laughs> so, so wouldn't it be really funny if the hatches live right next door to, to the Baileys? <laughs> they might, yeah. Well, and, and never, it's like there's so many different ways you could do this scene too, because it's like, okay, so he goes off one direction, turns around a moment later, comes back, just walks by. I mean, she could have stopped him. She could have gone. They could have staged a scene where it's like he, she sends him off and then she go, she kind of gives a loving look and then turns around and goes back. 
And then uh, what their back turn, he walks back the other direction. Right. They didn't do that either, you know. That's right. You know, and it's funny how he like tips his hat as he says, Good evening, good night, Mrs. Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, meaning I, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm getting cold feet. I'm not going to go uh, check out where, I'm not going to Mary's. So I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do or whatever it is. You know, and then she like stares at him, uh, you know, somewhat shockingly, but she doesn't say anything as he, as he walks away. And then uh, I, I love the fades that they do in this movie between different uh, scenes. You know, they, they have this great fade here. And now we see George walking through the small town of Bedford Falls. You know, and we can we can see in the background uh, a few of the buildings. You know, we see uh, Gower's uh, drugstore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the I love the, like the lights on the I, the theater or whatever it is in the background there. Um Yes. Did you did you see the name of the theater? No, no, I don't remember the name. Okay, of the so then the name of the theater is the Bijou. Oh yeah. I J O E. Right. Which which you see from time. It's a fairly common name for theaters. That's right. You see it quite often in movies. I've never seen a real Bijou Bijou theater. Have you? I think I have, and I'm trying to remember where I've seen that before. I'm trying to think if there was one in the Chicago area or not. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I just brought it up. I just, you know, Googled it. And Wikipedia brings up a thing that says Bijou Theater, Chicago. The Bijou Theater was a gay adult theater and sex club in Chicago's old town. Yeah, that's definitely not where I would have heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. So, so first of all, do you know what the, the term Bijou means? I do not. It means jewel. It's a French word for jewel. I assumed it was French. I took two years of French in high school and got terrible grades. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, this is a reference to Titanic. You know, when when uh, you know when he's telling her about all the portraits that he was painting when he was in French, when he was in France. So he talked about this old woman who was in moth-ridden clothes, but had all all her jewelry, and he called her Madame Bijou. Oh, yeah. Okay. And now I know why. I didn't know why. I mean, I've seen, I, I've probably seen Titanic more times than I've seen this movie, and I never even thought about the fact of what well, does that really mean, you know, so. Hinting at future episodes. Future, no, no, no. It's already seasons. been done. It's already already <laughs> been done. You can, you can go yeah, listen to the, to the Midnight the, Boys the do it. Stamp. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, but there, there are many other movies I plan on that I hope to get through before I start recycling movies that other people have already done. You know. I mean, Titanic would take you through like a whole year, probably. No, no, it's only it's only it's only three hours. You know, it wouldn't take a year. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> it would be the longest movie I've done if I did that. Yes, but uh, I I think for for the next few seasons, based uh, on my current plan, long, I don't yeah. think anything is going to pass the Great Escape. The Great Escape, the uh, 172 <laughs> minutes. Uh, I think I think we're going to keep it that way. You know, I might have something that comes close. But it's only, uh, I think it's like ten minutes shorter that I might do for season seven, uh, season eight. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. You know, now be, because of everything going on in in my country at this point when we're recording, I'm not planning, you know, many seasons in advance. <laughs> One mm, step at a time, yeah. just to wait and see, uh, you know, where things go, how things go, and stuff like that. You know, I mean, come on, the whole situation here caused me to actually have a two week. Uh, hiatus in record in, in releasing episodes that that's unlike me also. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. But <laughs> I was impressed that you kept it that short. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because I had I had the, the, the backlog of, of episodes. So, you know, I already had six weeks uh, recorded at the at the time. So. But, you know, let, life goes on. You know, hopefully at the time that this is being released, everything is uh, back to normal and things are good. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, you know, we, we can we can hope and pray. That's all. That's that's Absolutely. all I can say about that. Um, there is also a famous uh, cocktail that is known as a bijou, which is uh, one part gin, one part uh, chart chartreuse. I don't know what that is. Uh, one part sweet vermouth. Back to you know <laughs> referencing uh, Groundhog Day once again, and uh, mm-hmm. a dash of orange bitters. Hmm. So, I'm not a drinker, so I can't no, neither, say neither that I. sounds appetizing. Yes. It was the invented by a man named Harry Johnson, who is known as the father of professional bartending. Because and he named it the Bijou because he combined the colors of three jewels: the gin for diamond, vermouth for ruby, and char- chartreuse for emerald. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the recipe is is uh is dates back all the way to the 1890s. So I'll have to file that in the back of my mind for Trivial Pursuit at some point because I know some go. of those some of those early editions of Trivial Pursuit would often have questions in the the sports and leisure category that were you know like drink recipes. What you know what drink is made up of this 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 and this and I was like I, like, I'd never get those correct because like I said I don't <laughs> drink. Right. Oddly, my wife would often get those correct. She doesn't drink either, but it's like, how do you always know the bartending questions on Trivial I, Pursuit? I, I have a feeling you don't know your wife well enough. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we do trivia like every night. That's our dinner table activity when we're sitting there, you know, struggling well, now you for know, conversation or whatever. Now we you know what to ask pursuit. her. Now you know what to ask yep. her tomorrow night or tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to even wait. Yep. You can say, what are the three ingredients in a bijou? In a bijou. <laughs> and then Amy will go, oh, well, that, that's easy. That's uh, gin, vermouth. And... <laughs> it's like, where were you last night? Come on. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the, the bijou theater, right? So there is a company known as the Bijou Amusement Company, and it was a movie theater business in the U.S., which was originally headquartered in Nashville. Um, and that was one of the premier venues uh, that they had for African-American audiences in the southern U.S. Uh, in, oh. in the uh, early part of the 20th century. They had theaters in Chattanooga. And they also had in Knoxville, New York, and Chicago. Bedford Falls. <laughs> well, and, Bedford, and apparently Bedford Falls, too. That's right. <laughs> right. So the... The uh, they they also had in uh, no okay no there was in Nashville and they were they were also had one in uh, in Augusta Georgia and Charleston South Carolina you know there were there were a whole bunch of theaters that were uh, that were being uh, built around the time then and they basically. Uh, uh, so it, it makes sense that they would have this in the end, you know, that, that mm-hmm. I, I guess at the time, because it, it would be like today writing AMC or something like that, 
or yeah. I, I don't know, is AMC, is AMC still around? I think it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just know. there yesterday. There Nicole Kidman shows up before every more movie and tells you why AMC theaters are great. And then you watch a movie. <laughs> okay. And did, did, uh, well, so it was nice of you meeting Nicole Kidman again. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. He's, I mean, that's <laughs> a thing here, here in the U.S. right now. AMC theaters kind of, it was kind of their like encouraging people, you know, to keep coming back to the movie theater after the pandemic and all that stuff. So they've got this little promo that plays right before they start the movie that says, you know, like we come to this place to, to dream and to, and for, you know, adventure and love and all this stuff. And it's Nicole Kidman walking through the movie theater and she does this whole monologue and all that. So, uh, you know, it's like every time I go to the movie theater, I'm like, okay, we've run the trailers. All right, very good. And cue Miss Kidman. And then she, they do that promo and then the movie plays. Oh wow! Okay, what were uh, I, I hope you at least enjoyed the movie. I did enjoy the movie. Uh, I saw the Marvels yesterday. I, Ooh, I okay. thought it was waiting, quite good. I'm so, waiting to see yeah. it. I'd like I'd like to, to to get to see that one eventually. Um, yeah, but uh, right now the movie theaters in this country are closed <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> so I'll have to wait until uh, I can find it uh, somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But I, I'm assuming by the time that, that this show airs, I will have already seen it, which which I'm hoping, you know, at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're once again we're 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 back in the middle of uh, of, of of town. <laughs> you know, we, we get to see uh, and George is just standing there with hands in his pockets, looking around, you know, doing anything he can to avoid having to go to Mary's. Um. And then uh, we we see like that this woman walk by him and he sort of like oogles her for a second, which is like really <laughs> yeah. It was it was Seems very like, very strange. <laughs> it's an un George type of a thing. Yeah, surprised me. <laughs> He's like thinking, okay, I gotta find a way to not have anything to do with Mary. Oh, here's a woman coming. Let me take a look and see who she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> just just a little strange. <laughs> and and as that happens uh you know we we the shot changes and we see uh violet who we haven't seen in a few weeks and she's uh with these two guys that are standing around her uh only one of them is uncredited in in uh in imdb so i don't even know the second one's name the one of them is is a, an actor named jack bailey which is very funny that you know he, mm, here's a yeah. bailey <laughs> no relation <laughs> that's right he he was actually 39 at the time that they made this movie uh on imdb he only has 24 uh credits which you know in the past when we've talked about uncredited people in this movie there are people there we, we came across someone who had 300 credits you know so 24 credits well, isn't, isn't very much for for someone well, at this yeah, time yeah. in a day and age it was a machine back then, you know, these folks were under contract with the different studios and they just, you know, did whatever role they told them to do. That's right. Right. So he, he doesn't have that many uh, credits. Uh, nothing really stands out except he was, he was in uh, the, the 1960s Batman. He had like a small role, uh, a small uncredited role in one episode oh. as the election uh, committee chairman or something, election debate moderator. That's what it was. 
Uh, do, do you have who the villain was in that episode? Because I've done, I, I've got the full set. I've watched all the episodes of Batman a few years back. I was helping out uh, one of our mutual friends, Bubba Wheat, with a project he had going on. Uh, and I was reviewing all the episodes of the 66 Batman. So. Okay, so he was in season two, episode 18, uh, Designer the Penguin. Okay. It's all when right. the penguin, penguin wants to, 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 to become the mayor. Yes, I was gonna say the penguin's running for office, much like he does in uh, in Batman, in Batman. Returns. That's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. Burgess Meredith as the penguin, classic, classic. <laughs> now, what's what's really interesting about the, this guy Jack Bailey is, you know, he was only in twenty four. Uh, he only has twenty four credits, but he actually has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, one of them for radio, and the other one for TV. Interesting. So, I was uh, actually looking at that recently t- um, because um, um, Lionel Barrymore, of course, in this movie, has multiple stars on the Walk of Fame yeah. as well. And one of his is for radio um, and the other is for movies, I believe. Right. And they're, they're, one of them is on Hollywood Boulevard and one of them is on Vine Street. And they, they awarded both of them on the same day. On, uh, oh, the, wow. on the 8th of February, 1960. So, yeah, I, I, I guess he's, you know, much more prolific uh, of of an actor on radio. And therefore, that's why we couldn't, uh, you, know, you know, that, that you, you know, just looking at IMDb, you're not going to find that. Mm. You know, yeah. do they have an IMDb for for or obviously the, the IRDB? Oh, <laughs> Internet for, for radio? radio. That'd be interesting. I mean, I, I find uh, old radio shows to be intriguing as well. Um, several years ago, uh, a coworker and I were driving from, uh, from Denver to Columbus, Ohio, and the car we were in had like satellite radio and we stayed on the old radio show channel the whole trip. So we were listening to like, um, the great Gildersleeve and Fibber McGee and Molly and, and Burns and Allen and stuff like that. It was just wonderful. Oh wow. Okay, well I actually just figured out how why he was able to to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for for TV. He was an MC on uh on game shows during during the 1950s. Oh, okay. So he did 90 episodes of the show The All New Truth and Consequences, Truth or Consequence. Okay, and he did uh 27 episodes of a show called Queen for the Day. He was the host. Hmm. So I, I, I guess he was uh, much more popular than uh, than than IMDb makes it seem as if he would be. <laughs> Which <laughs> is Alex Trebek of his time. That's right. <laughs> That's very possible. Um, so basically, uh, Violet is there, and she turns to these two guys that are next to her and goes, "Excuse me," <laughs> and she starts walking away. And then one of them goes, hey, "Now wait a minute." And she goes, I think I got a date. But stick around, fellas, just in case, huh? <laughs> I was like, I think she had two dates already, and now she wants George, That's too. It. And then the other one says, well, well, we'll wait for you, baby. So I don't know which of these is is uh, is Jack, uh, Jack Bailey. I think Jack Bailey is the second one who says, uh, you know, we'll wait for your baby. That, 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 that's what I think, because he's the guy with the mustache. Yeah, that, I Whichever think that, one has, I think that is has the better radio voice. 
Apparently. Even though he just has one line that says, we'll wait for you, baby. <laughs> I mean, the, this whole this whole scene, I mean, this whole minute with, with Violet is very strange. You know, the whole thing that, that, you know, she's here she is with these with these these two men and she does she'd rather be with George. Yeah. You know, and she just you know, finds a way to pursue George from this whole thing. Well, and it's strange too, just in the fact that the things that George is doing too, like we said, where he looks at the at the woman that walks by for one thing, but then what's gonna happen here coming up, you know, this whole uh, you know, bit where he he's proposing things to to buy. It's uh, you know, it, it you just want to reach the screen and slap George and say, "Mary's right there." That's right. She loves you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> go go to the right. Go to the right. Um. So she walks over to George and goes, "Hello, Georgie Porgy." He goes, "Hello, Vi." Yeah. <laughs> What gives? Georgie Porgy. Pudding pie, right? Is that the rhyme? Uh, I believe so. It's like, yeah, kiss the girls and made them cry, I think is where that goes. It's a, it is a nursery rhyme. Georgie Porgy, pudding and pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. When the girls came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. So you know what? That actually fits in so really well here. Fits. Even though yeah, she doesn't know fit. that. <laughs> unless, unless the fact is that she is, you know, at, you know, maybe she's tried to pursue George so many times and he just runs away each time. And so therefore she decided to start calling him Georgie Borgie. Well, I think, I think you can actually absolutely can say that. I mean, cause we kind of see that illustrated in the, uh, the pharmacy scene earlier in, in the film, you know, where, uh, you know, she's, <laughs> she's trying what she can at a young age to, uh, to entice George and he's got no interest in it, you know? So, yeah. Well, and we saw her also when she was walking down the street, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we find out that, uh, you know, that, that, that Bert the cop is a family man, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, uh, so I guess that does fit in to possibly Georgie Borgie. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I didn't even think about that before. And then, uh, <laughs> she says, what gives? <laughs> Which is a very strange saying to, you know, to, to think about at this time, at this point in time, you know, because basically it's uh, what's the matter or what's wrong or something like that. Yeah. I know that's an expression I use a lot. <laughs> I don't know where I picked up on that, but I certainly use what gives. Yeah. What, what's very interesting is, is that uh, the, uh, what I was basically able to find out about it is it was only first used in 1940. Which means that at this point, uh, you know, since this is 1932, so apparently that means that uh, that Violet is the one who created the the term. Either that or she's a time traveler. That's right. That's right. Because the 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 first book that uses it is a novel from 1940 called Pal Joey, going back to what we're talking about with Pal. <laughs> that we talked about yesterday. It's um, a movie too. I haven't I haven't watched it yet. I got it on a I have it on a set of um oh who's who's in that one? It's um crud. 
Hang really? There, there's a movie called pa- pa- I, I never even there's heard a, of it. Yeah, there's a movie called Pal Joey. I, I've got it in a, a DVD set of Rita Hayworth films. It's got Rita Hayworth, Frank Sinatra. Oh, Frank Sinatra. Ooh, wow. I haven't watched it yet. Interesting. There was an office, also an episode of Full House that was known as Pal Joey. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> well, that, that makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if, if in the movie, uh, you know, they use the term, uh, what's going, <laughs> what, what gives? gives, yeah, what gives, I don't know. See, now I, I have to check that out also. Um, it, it also makes you wonder why Violet is always after George, you know, she sees that he's not interested. Is it, is it the idea that she wants to try and get something that she can't get? I've wondered that myself. I think that's kind of where, where it kind of sat in my brain because yeah, you have to think that it, it's maybe the idea that she's been unsuccessful. I mean, since she was a kid, so she's like, well, I have to conquer this, you know, I, I can, I can have any man, but can I really have any man until I've proven that I can have him? I don't right. know. Okay. Could be. And, and then uh, she says to, to George, where are you going? I was, oh, I'll probably end up, down at the library. Now, is this a veiled <laughs> reference to the fact that um, that Mary works at the library? Because in the alternate uh, mm-hmm. universe, at the end of the movie, we find out that she's working in the library. She's she's an old maid in the library. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I I always kind of just thought of it as you know that's that's kind of a device you see in other movies and such. The idea that you know someone who uh, you know, struggles when it comes to their social life, uh, you know, goes off by themselves to the library on a Friday night or something like that. Um, like I always think of, there's an episode of the Simpsons, I think where they like, they go off to like a beach house or something like that. And where like, you know, the family wants to spend time at the beach and Bart's doing his own thing or whatever, but Lisa goes to the library, um, something like that. Um, but it's weird. I think about that too, because I don't know. Do they say what day of the week this is? I always assume it's probably like a Friday or a Saturday night because, you know, they're having a party and whatnot, but I I mean, they never said they didn't say Library is not open on Fridays or Saturday nights, <laughs> at least where I am. <laughs> Oops. You know? <laughs> so. No, forget about that. It's any night. <laughs> it's, it's oh, eight, yeah. nine o'clock at night. The library is closed. Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't, it's not open all night for sure. All night library. That'd be a concept. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's called the internet. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got me there. <laughs> Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do Do you know what the word library actually means? Like where where it comes from? What what where the word is derived from? Where the word library comes from? Mm-hmm. I do not. So the the term liber is Latin for book. So it basically is a collection of books. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how far back uh, they they have proof that there were libraries? I do not, but I, I imagine it goes back pretty far because I've heard them referenced in some some old stuff. Yeah. So apparently the the first known uh, proof of a library or an archive was in uh, 2600 BC. 
but when you're talking about the, the modern idea of a library, so most of them happened in classical Greek, Greece, uh, like in the fifth century, the fifth and sixth century was when, uh, you know, and this is also BC also when they, they had this stuff. So it, it, it goes back pretty far. Yeah. But you know, back then, they and nowadays they don't even out. have libraries. <laughs> Well, oh no! I mean, I I love our library. I use it all the time. Get DVDs and stuff. But yeah, you know, that's the thing. Back then, just books. Can't get DVDs. Right. <laughs> can't get can't get. But uh, I was actually I was on Facebook or something this week and saw an article pop up, or you know, just one of those weird clickbaity things. You know, that said something like, "Some country has a library uh, where you can check out people," where like you know, if you need to, you know somebody to talk to you need to have a conversation or whatever you can you can go to the library and and check out a person to, to chat with you <laughs> so rob if you ever you know if you ever have somebody cancel on you uh, on the podcast you could just you know check out a person from the library and have them on your show no nah, i'll just reschedule with you next time you know? <laughs> <laughs> come on there's nobody who can replace you todd come on uh you know, that's one of those things that you you you, you got to know who you're talking to and and what. I don't, I don't want some random, random person talking about uh, you know it's a wonderful life. I want someone who I enjoy talking to. I haven't gotten any complaints about you yet, so you know. Uh, well, and you've, you know. you've you've made it through six seasons, so there you go. Well, you've almost <laughs> first made it time for everything, seasons. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then <laughs> I love her response, Georgie. Don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? And he goes, yes. Well, what are you doing tonight? Not a thing. Are you game, Vi? Let's make a night of it. I'd love to, Georgie. What do we do? Let's go out into the fields and take off our shoes. And that's how the minute ends. Now, you know, we'll talk about this a lot more tomorrow, but, but Violet has completely other ideas in mind. But he's going in the right direction when he talks about taking off shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, what else are we going to take off, George? That's right. <laughs> and, and I mean, I like the, the, the way that she asked the question, don't you ever get tired of just reading about things? I think that's also a, a veiled uh, possible sexual reference, you know, about the yeah. idea that, yeah. that, okay, you know, you know, you, you, you're someone who just sits and reads. You want to go on adventures and stuff like that. So, hey, Violet is an adventure that you can uh, explore. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> It, yeah. it makes it sound as if that's what she's talking about. Oh, no, I think you're absolutely right. You know, so, but we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that tomorrow uh, when, when we actually find out what, what the plan is. What's the plan? What's mm-hmm. the, um, and that, that's all I have for this minute. You have anything else for this minute, Todd? The only other thing I had in my notes, just real short here, you know, as we were talking about the things kind of in the background in, in uh, downtown Bedford Falls, but uh I noticed, I was like, oh, there's another Coca-Cola advertisement. There's a lot of Coke reference in yes. this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about product placement in films, you know, nowadays people love to slag on that type of thing, but it's like, it's been happening for a long time. Coke got something out of it. It's a wonderful life I got. Yeah. That is true. And and what, what I love about the fact, I mean, I noticed it, but I've, I've already talked about Coke uh, in a previous season. I think maybe it was in Die Hard. I don't remember when it was. But I just love the fact that even in 1946, when this movie was made, 
the logo is exactly the same. You know, they, yep. they've never they had to change the logo. That. The logo, it worked. You know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Whereas Pepsi just changed theirs. My son brought that to my attention a week or so ago. He was like, Dad, you hear Pepsi changed their logo back to basically like what it was back when you were a kid. Kind of a new version of that. I was like, really? Yeah. And I opened up the fridge today and I was like, oh, yeah, look at that new logo on the Pepsi bottle. The new version <laughs> of the old logo. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, so uh, every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, uh, Uplifting Experience Edition, where my guests will give some sort of story, uh, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something that happened to them over the course of their life that has, is somewhat of an uplifting experience for them. So, Todd, what, what type of story you got for us? Oh, th- you know, this was tough. I think this was the hardest thing you've ever given me <laughs> when it comes to this kind of thing. Because I was like, I don't know, is that that interesting of a story or such? I kept on, my brain kept dwelling on the word uplifting. And I guess I just started thinking about the last couple of years, which I know for a lot of folks has been a really difficult time, uh, you know, with all the stuff with COVID and, and just the challenges that happened, all that. And I'm pleased to say that I, I look back on the last few years and when I think about the things that I went through, it, it has been very uplifting for me. I mean, when, when COVID hit, um, I was working at a job there. I, um, it was a job that I'd only had for a short time. I spent 25 years working what I always say was my dream job, uh, a job that was very uniquely me. And, you know, it's not like I could just go to, 10 other places and and do that same job, you know? So when that job came to an end, uh, I was kind of like, what am I going to do? I ended up at this other job that I knew was never going to be anything more than just a job to me. I was like, you know, I had my dream job for a long time and now I got to pay my dues. (laughs) And so I was working at this job and I had been there about 14 months and all the COVID stuff happened and um, half the company got laid off, including me, which, you know, was a panic moment initially. And then I was like, well, I didn't like this job that much to start with. This is, you know, this is, we'll make this work. And, you know, like many people spent the next several months, uh, you know, out of work, uh, you know, and uh, I kind of took it to myself to be like, I'm going to I'm going to not stress on this. I'm going to divide my time between accomplishing some things around the house and then, you know, divide that between doing things that I enjoy, which mainly means watching movies. (laughs) So I nothing wrong with that kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I settled my mind in that way. And then when the time came to start looking for a job, when, when the state said, okay, you know, it, the, the, the environment is right. You need to start looking for jobs now, folks, because they, you know, nobody was looking for jobs when it first happened because everybody was laying people off. So, uh, there was no reason to look for job. So I started looking for stuff and just did it in a way that I was like, I'm not going to stress about this. I'm just going to do this and ended up in, uh, in the job that I'm in now, which I, you know, I got to admit when I was looking at it, I was like, is this for me? This is, you know, this doesn't seem like, uh, you know, the type of thing I would have gravitated towards, but you know, I need something. And I ended up this job and it's, it's just been a hugely rewarding experience for me for the last three years. I I just crossed three years with this job, 
uh, a few weeks back every day. Uh, I just, I, after I'm, I'm done with work, I'm just like, I'm so glad I ended up in this place. I feel like I, I'm more fulfilled in my work than I have been in a long, long time. I'm very thankful to be in this environment and working with the people that I'm working with. And I just feel uplifted because it was a, a time of great struggle and difficulty. And I know a lot of folks are still dealing with the challenges from that, but I feel like my life took a great change towards the positive uh, through all those challenges. So that's my uplifting story. Cool. I, I like it. I, I do like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. So Todd, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with uh, Todd Liebenau? So the blog, of course, is called Forgotten Films. That's at ForgottenFilmCast.wordpress.com. The podcast is The Forgotten Filmcast. So you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. And you can follow me on the artist formerly known as Twitter at Forgotten Films. That's films with a Z. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter. Um, so until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly Life with its sorrow, life with its tears.